Hello, everyone, and welcome to our very first episode of Dorks of the Roundtable. I'm Cody. I'm Nick. And uh, just to get you guys understand what we're trying to do here, we uh, are just a couple of guys that are really into dorky type stuff and uh, all sorts of nerdery. Yeah, pretty much all nerd culture is where we, we live. Um, uh, our intentions going forward are to talk about different various characters and their backstories and... Um, get into depth about their existence and creation story-wise and their powers and abilities or whatever it happens to be that these people are uh, from in their world. And um, hopefully we have some fun. But starting today, we decided that for our very first episode, we are going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, uh, you got the title. Hey, yeah, I, I always jumble the titles because they're similar to the other ones but um we recently watched the movie um and we're probably a little bit late to the game like i said to uh to jump on the uh bandwagon here discussing the movie but i figured we gave everybody enough time to uh to kind of go see it so if you have not seen it this is your warning warning click off now go watch the movie and then come back and listen to the podcast to make more sense. Okay, so I think right off the bat, how about we start with rating the movie? How we personally feel on a scale of 1 to 10. It's at least a 25 for me. Yeah, I, I like I, I, I said to you yesterday when we were discussing this a little bit, um, in all seriousness, I think I'm going to give it a 9. Maybe a 9.5. I would go full 10, but I know that Marvel... Is probably going to top this movie, so I'm going to give them that little bit of wiggle room just to How about impress me. Nine and three quarters. Or they'll just break the scale and then we'll have to create a new scale. Gives you a whole new multiverse scale. No, it just, and it just sets up so many, so many different possibilities. And I'd like to point out to all the people who said I was crazy and then what had happened and that I was looking too much into it, all the Spider Men. We're in this. Yes, this was... It was something that we all, I think, kind of had a feeling was coming. And we all hoped was coming. But to actually see it come to fruition on screen was absolutely incredible. And it's probably one of the best moments I've ever experienced as far as uh, being a, a fan of anything of this nature. So... The only real thing, well, not only thing, but, like, one of the the big things for me that I, I didn't like, I guess, and I understand, I understand the reasoning why they had to do it this way, but I didn't like that they didn't have their masks on the majority of the movie. So I understand, because a lot of people might not be super into the little nitty-gritty details like we are, and wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the Spider-Man while wearing the suits. So I know that you kind of have to, to see which one's which, but it was just kind of annoying because it's like, why would Spider-Man... Right, but the thing is, is, I think part of it, too, is it could have just as easily been another Tom Holland-looking Spider-Man from a different universe in a different costume. So, I mean, really, I, to, to, to unmask really just leaves no question about which Spider-Man we're looking well, at. Well, sure. I think it would have been stupid for them to even try that because I think it would have just upset everybody. I know, it just, to me, it's like, it's just, it's frustrating because he always wears his masks in battle. Always. It just so happens that this one time he doesn't, I know, again, it may, I get it, but. I'm trying to think of what battle you were talking about. The big one at the end. He had them on, didn't he? No, they had them off. I mean, they put them on temporarily, but then they took them off a lot, too. Well, I think that was partially because of Sandman. Wasn't that, because they, he, like, engulfed them all in sand, and then, like, they all pulled their masks off because they couldn't see and were, like, having a hard time breathing. Well, I think part of it was that, but... I mean, obviously, that at least that's the 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 storytelling that they use to explain why they take the mask off. But the problem, it, it really wouldn't have made a huge difference to anybody present because every single one of those characters knows those people are Peter Parker. Well, yeah, you're right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't really a huge plot hole or anything as far as that goes. No, it was just And a him pers- trying to hide his... It was just a personal thing for Yeah, me. no, no, I, I agree. I mean, obviously seeing him in costume is fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, so while we're on the topic, since we have three Spider-Men now, 
rate the suits. Who's your favorite? I don't know if it's just nostalgia or if I genuinely think it's the best, but I think Toby's is my favorite. I just it just looks perfect. Like I don't I don't have any issue with his suit at all. There were a lot of people I think that if I remember correctly back when his movies came out that complain about the raised webbing and it's actually one of my favorite things yeah, about yeah, his suit. Absolutely. I love the raised webbing and it cuz that gives it that beveled edge. Mm-hmm. And then it's black on the sides and it's silver on the top so it shows really really well against the suit. And um I think he had probably the like the most crisp red yeah, um, fabric and that I, I think really just sold the look. And I actually I also think that he had the best um, face shell to give him the the the, the shape of his yeah. face. So for anybody who's not familiar with how they get Spider Man's face to look consistent, they create a plastic undershell that goes over that they put the mask on, and then the eyes clip on with magnets, which allows them easy access into the suit without having to take everything off so they can at least see easier if it fogs up or something or they can stick like a tube down in the mask so they can get something to drink and um i know that something they did for toby's suit too and i don't know if they ended up doing it for the other ones but to on the second movie to increase his ability to talk they actually separated the face shell on the lower half into two pieces and then they attached them together with a spandex material so that he could move the jaw when he spoke to give a little bit more so it actually looked like he was talking. Right, right. Um, I have a hard time because uh, we basically, for the other two, there were subtle differences. For Andrew's uh, Spider-Man and for Toby's Spider-Man, there were subtle differences between each movie, with the exception of the black suit when right. he had the symbiote on yeah, um, but Tom's had a lot of suits. <laughs> Tom's had, like, more suits than the other two Spider-Men combined. And there's a lot of people that have been upset by that. They feel like he changes suits too much. They're like, oh, he's had a suit, and then, like, halfway into the next movie, he gets a new suit. But first of all, you're dealing with the fact that all of his suits are Stark Tech. Yeah. And, and they provide a... a a reason to have them like there's a we reason. know that tony stark is the master of creating new designs and improving things and he's got something for every situation i mean that's just without saying i mean you look at the fact that he had uh, what was it like 80 something different suits in iron yeah. man 3 or something like that um not to mention the hulkbuster suit and no one right. designed the iron patriot suit and then when he took Peter under his wing in the movies. Um, his whole thought was on taking care of him. He's just a kid. How can I protect him and look out for him? And so he kept adjusting and improving his suits. And then obviously... He's a tinkerer. You know, he, he, right. would, he was never happy with every, anything. Everything had to keep getting worked on. And then that fell into Tom's hands. Or, well, Peter's hands. But Tom's Peter. We'll call him Peter one. about... Tom's Peter, please. Yes. He's very pretty young. <laughs> he's only a little bit younger than us. He's, he's legal age. Calm down. <laughs> um, so, it fell into his hands in the second movie to make his own suit because, obviously, Tony has died at this mm-hmm. point. So, he's had a lot dumped into his lap, but he's very similar to Tony in those aspects. He's very intelligent. And then he's got access to Stark technology. And so he makes himself a new suit. And the first change that we see is he's one still rocking the Iron Spider suit, which he's had for a while now. Yeah. Technically. And that's the other thing I think people don't consider is chronologically how much time has passed um, between movies since we've seen Spider-Man initially. Because originally he was, what, 15? I think so. I sense. think he was 15 originally, and then obviously he blipped for the five years. He came back, so I think he was still 17. Yeah, something like Something that. like that. So a few years had passed since then. And then um, we don't know... Ex- I, don't, I don't know what the exact time frame is that's passed since Endgame. 
but it's had to have probably been at least a few good few months. Mm-hmm. So he's had all this stuff happen. Um, but so he still has the iron spider suit, and then we get um. The uh, night monkey suit. The night monkey suit, which was obviously just a throwaway for circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he didn't want anybody to know that he was over there. Um, Although he did have that that black and gold suit, which I liked. Well, you know what that was though, because a lot of people thought it was a new suit. It was actually his other suit, the red and black one. Remember, it got covered in that green crap. I can't remember what happened. But he couldn't get they, it out. They threw paint on him. Oh, that's right. They threw paint on him. He couldn't get it off. Because he didn't know what he was doing. And Aunt May was off doing something. And so what he ended up doing is he flipped the suit inside out. And so the inside of the suit was black. And your, the gold was all the wiring and stuff inside the suit. Because oh, it's yeah. Stark Tech. So that's all that was was just his suit flipped that inside out. That was still out. really cool. I it looked that. cool though. I, I really liked it, and it, I liked it how fit it gave too it because it was night, so it's like it's dark. You know, it was easy right. for him to camouflage. I a lot of people hated the night monkey suit. I actually liked that. I thought it was cool, it was and it was concept. It was different. I mean, it was simplistic. You know, it kind of looked like tactical a lot, but I, I I thought it was cool. But all that being said, we get to this part where, um. He's fighting on the bridge, and Doc Ock rips a chunk of the nanotech off the Iron Spider suit, and it ends up fusing with the arms and gives Spider-Man the ability to control his arms, which was a brilliant concept, because we saw that in the trailer, and I was like, oh no, because I immediately realized it was Stark Tech, because when we well, saw the red... See, yeah, you see the red... And blue. then... I, we kept going back, and I realized that there was a chunk of the front of his suit missing. I was like, oh, that's got to be uh, from Stark Tech. Um, but I was thinking the arms were going to adapt that to them, and then they yeah, were yeah, going to yeah. improve yeah. them. And it was the opposite. It gave Peter the ability to take control of the arms and stop him from attacking, which was pretty cool. That threw me through a loop because I didn't see that coming at no. all. Um, I also didn't see... Uh, I mean, you and I both were convinced 100% going into this that it was going to be a Sinister Six. They're yeah, well, I was. I, I think six. part of me was hoping, but at the same time, there was part of me that was like, is it too early to do a Sinister Six? Is this the right way to do it? Or should we establish more characters for Tom Spider-Man before we do something like that? I mean, because these aren't his villains. Right, but I mean, going into it, we didn't know if they'd be able to send them. I back, would not have complained them. at all if if it had happened. I would have thought it would have been great, but um, it would have been the big question of who would the sixth villain be. Um, obviously, we know the Vulture's still alive. Yep. But he's in prison. Scorpion. Last, last we knew. So Scorpion hasn't come. Scorpion hasn't become. Yet, but the Scorpion guy. Yet. Yeah, the guy who. Would be will be him if and when the time comes, he exists in that universe. There, he talked about him at the end of um, home, uh, homecoming. Homecoming, yeah. So, uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? The the, the vulture. Oh God, I can't think of his name right now. I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, uh, Michael Keaton's character. That's who he was talking to. The ball guy in prison. Yeah. And I would, I'm, I, I would actually really like to see them elaborate on that. I like that they're setting stuff up for down the road, but we don't know when we'll get it, um, or if we'll ever get it. You know, I mean, they drop characters in other, the other Spider-Man movie that we never got to see come to fruition. So yeah, but yeah, but that was that's different. This I think the way that Marvel does stuff now, ninety. If you see something, it's because it's intentional. Yeah, Yeah. it's never an accident. Especially Daredevil. Yeah. Holy crap, man! I nothing in my mind said Daredevil was going to be in this movie. I don't know if there was people talking about it before, but I had no idea. Well, like we said, we knew that they had finally come up with a a deal where they were going to bring Charlie Cox and uh, um, John Bernthal back to play Daredevil and the Punisher. Yeah. So we knew that they would be coming into the MCU. They also brought back, um, how do you say his name, Vincent D'Onofrio or D'Onofrio, something? D'Onofrio, yeah. yeah. Um, kingpin. And whew, he's a good kingpin, man. 
He's a good everything. That dude's an awesome actor. But I I was impressed because when I found out he was going to be Kingpin, obviously you tend to judge books by the covers. And it's not that I know he's not a good actor, that he's a good actor, but um, that I never, I knew he was a like a, like a taller guy, but I never really imagined him being like the way, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. the way they, they made him look huge, like a big tough guy. And I, I was really impressed with that. Now, what I don't know is are the TV series that they've established going to end up tying directly into this? As far as I understand, no. So it's going to be like a soft reboot. Yeah. They just wanted to keep the characters who played them because they loved them. I just found out today, actually, I read a thing that said that Charlie Cox, I don't take it with a grain of salt because I didn't actually look into the research into this, but... I read today that Charlie Cox, to help get ready for the role, or even in parts of filming for Daredevil in the, the Netflix show, would wear um, contacts that would Blind hinder his, his ability to see a little bit. Right. So he, he was reacting more like an actual blind guy because he genuinely couldn't see all the way. So it, it's easier for him to get in the character. Method than acting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting, but um, real method acting would be if he let somebody pour acid in his eyes. Just saying. <laughs> oh, if you really want to go the full thing, Mister Cox, that sounds weird. Um, <laughs> let somebody pour acid in your eyes, please. Um, interesting. Completely random side note. Did you know? Technically, canonically, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are part of the uh, Marvel universe. I did not know that. Yep, they exist in the. Um, same universe as Daredevil, and in fact, the acid or the chemical substance that changed them into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is the same substance that changed Daredevil into Daredevil. They've, right. they've, uh, it's canon, like that's real. So it means obviously they exist in the same universe. So can't wait to see the Ninja Turtles in an MCU movie. That'd soon. be funny. Um, but yeah, so that scene anyway, where he's sitting there talking to Peter. And discussing what's going to happen as far as the legal stuff. Uh, and then somebody throws a brick through the window and Peter goes to catch it. And instead he catches he it. it first. And Peter just was like, aren't you blind? You know, like you could tell yeah. the look was like, you're blind. Why did you do that? So, yeah, I, I'm glad they're setting stuff like that up going forward. Now, an interesting point, though, that somebody made <laughs> is that. Matt Murdock meets with Spider uh, Peter mm. and talking to him, I'm a good lawyer, blah, blah, blah. And now he doesn't remember Peter Parker. Yeah. So how... Because I thought that was going to be his foot in the door to become part of like the Avengers or whatever. But obviously, now that he doesn't know Peter exists, right. how... He doesn't know Peter exists, but he knows Spider-Man exists. Right, but he doesn't know that he knows Spider-Man. Right. But I'm sure that it just like how any of the other characters became part of the Avengers initially, that they got noticed somehow, and then somebody tracked them down. And also, I think it's interesting to know that they said Nick Fury's been off planet for a year. Yeah. So. So I, he was not in, uh, far from home. Right. Which is interesting. So that means he's still with the scrolls. Right. So, which means they have to be setting up secret war so, sooner than I inspected. I don't. I have to go back and look at the the timeline, but as it couldn't have been, he he didn't go off world after he got shot in um, uh, the Winter Soldier. My brain died. Sorry. Um, it couldn't have been back then because that had to have been a few years. That was because that, that would have put that was when Tom, Tom's Peter would have been just prior to becoming be, yeah being in so Civil War been like fourteen fifteen right. So he still would have been too young um, for him to have met them. So it had to have been after that. But I'm trying to think of if. Because part of my brain was like, well, is he off-world because he was trying to heal? But what reason did he go off-world? And I'm thinking that it had to have been after, uh, well, would it have been Ultra? No, it would have been Endgame. Would it have been Endgame? 
She's I don't know because I'm trying to think of like timeline why I guess it's not that important at the moment. We'll have to look more into that. I don't know if somebody has figured out exactly when he went off world, but obviously, in Homecoming, um, he thinks that he's talking to Nick Fury, and turns out that it was a scroll. Right. And I can't remember uh, that scroll's name. He's their leader or whatever, but. Um, Talon? Talon? Maybe something like that. Something with a T. Um, so, Talos, command ship. In 2024, when Nick Fury decided to take a vacation away from Earth, Talos impersonated him on Earth while Nick Fury took vacation of his ship. So, Talos is actually the one who is Nick Fury. Apparently. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. I knew it was the, the leader of the Skrulls. I just couldn't remember his name. <clears throat> so, according to this, 2024. They did show a clip of him on the ship, though. Was yeah. that a credit scene? Yeah, that was... I want to say that was one of the Spider-Mans, in fact. It might have been. It, might, it was probably Homecoming, um, but... So, I don't, there's just so much, like, wrapped up. Like, uh, and then... At the very end credit scene, when they, they show the teaser for uh, Multiverse of Madness, going into it before seeing that clip, I thought Wanda was going to end up being a different kind of role. But now seeing the teaser, Strange goes up to her, talking to her, and she immediately tries to defend herself, saying, I know I messed up, and this and that. And then he's like, I'm not here because of... What you did over there in Westview, yeah, or whatever. He's it's like, called. he's like, she's like, so what's going on? And so, like, I'm just interested to see. Well, where... so what we don't know, I get where you're, what you're saying. We, because you were thinking she would end up. There's there's the rumor and the idea that she'll be the villain, and that's not that's not possible still. Maybe after that conversation, somehow it still gets switched. It around, could but... it could go south, or it could be that we are arguing multiverse here. That could be an alternate version of Wanda, you know, that is bad. So, I mean, we don't really know. I mean, I... Because well, you do have the villain Strange in right. the trailer, too. But people thought that he was the one from um, What If, but he can't be. He might have some of the same abilities, but that Strange looked like he had learned... His lesson one mm. and two, he wasn't bad for the sake of being bad. This one immediately came off as sinister mm. in the trailer. So, I'm I have a feeling that they're not the same representation of the same character. So I think that we don't have to worry about that too much. But there supposedly is supposed to be another Doctor Strange in there that they don't show. That's supposed to be the Defender Doctor Strange, and has an entirely different look. Now here's an interesting question. What do you do? You think that they'll use Strange to introduce the Illuminati? I did hear that there's massive rumors flying around right now that the Illuminati will make an appearance in the Multiverse of Madness. Really? Yes, and supposedly it's going to be Reed Richards from the first Fantastic Four movie. Okay. Um, and supposedly they are saying rumors flying around that Patrick Stewart will be returning as Professor Xavier for the Illuminati. That'd be nuts. And as far as the other characters, I'm not 100% sure who they would throw in there because obviously that's a major group. Well, Tony Stark was part of it at one point. Yeah. Obviously he can't... He could they, be from a different universe. I was say, so. unless they brought him into the different universe. I don't think he ever actually shot down the idea of returning as Iron Man necessarily, did he? No, I think he felt that as far as his storyline for his Tony, it's I over. think it's over. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, I mean, could they bring him back? Yeah, but it's probably not going to be really him. You know what I mean? It's always going to be somebody different. Right. A variation of the same character. But obviously going forward, we know that they're... I have a strong feeling that they're going to be uh, lining up a Young Avengers movie. With Iron Lad. With Iron Lad, I, I'm wondering if Peter might be in it. I'm not sure, because he's still young, but is he young Kate enough? Kate Bishop. 
Kate Bishop, um, uh, there was rumors that uh, Tony's daughter might be a character yeah. um, that could do Ironheart. Yeah, but if you're, I mean, if you're going to do Iron Lad, it'd be kind of ridiculous. Yeah, well, maybe, but I mean, it's kind of like when they brought <clears throat> Rescue and War Machine in, they're still... Yeah. I mean, so it, it is what it is, but we'll see what, what happens going forward with that. But, okay, so anyway, I think we got a little sidetracked there. Um, That's surprising. I, I think my only other complaint about the movie was I think they they underutilized um Goblin. The, the lizard. Well yes. <clears throat> I think I think the whole whole movie could have just been him. But I think they underutilized the lizard in the movie. I mean he I felt like he was just there for the sake of being there. He had played a pretty minimal part. He barely interacted, barely talked. In and fact, he, did he even show when he appeared? He just was already caught by Strange the first time you yeah. see him. He did a little bit of fighting in the end, but really wasn't anything major. I mean, he basically attacked Andrew Spider-Man, and then he webbed him up, and he kind of stayed there for a little while. I think he ended up escaping, but they ended up curing him. They, so his whole plot in the movie was pretty minimal. And then even when they cured him, he didn't speak again. Yes, no. There. Well, I know the reason that that happened was because the actors that played Sandman and um, Lizard. the Lizard were had prior arrangements and couldn't be. They weren't available for anything. Yeah, I know Sandman wasn't on set at all. They said no. It wasn't until they did a couple of uh, additional shoots in the end when they finally showed him cured. But that was it. And then he dubbed in. The voice, the voice yeah, yeah. for the other parts of the movie towards the end of production. And I believe the same thing happened for the guy who played Lizard, and I forget his name also. But uh, I'm okay with that because those are primarily CGI characters, so that I mean, it was fine. I didn't have a problem with the way they, they went about it so much because it still worked out. I just didn't like that he was so... Because, I mean, he was a pretty tough villain in yeah. Andrew's universe and he was really underutilized. I was very very impressed though with the direction they took with Max Dillon though. Yeah. Because that I mean Electro whoo he went from you know crazy to like stupid powerful especially when he got the arc reactor. That was and... a crazy twist too and I didn't see coming when they when he at first he was like oh this world's different and he's like the energy here is is more powerful or whatever but he didn't know what it was. And I was like... And then he got the arc reactor, and I was like, oh... Yeah, that's what he meant. But then, so too, like... I don't... I honestly don't know how I feel quite about Doc Ock just grabbing him and just taking it off of him. It felt like it was too easy. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't really have to fight him to get it. He kind of just... Yeah, him. I agree. That could have probably... I think the the reason they probably want that route, and then the rest of it was probably so minimal, is because they all knew our attention was the whole entire battle was where's where's Goblin. Right. Yeah. Of course. And I I, I and like Willem I said, Willem Dafoe needs all the awards for all of the academies for all of. The I literally awards. every time I think about that man his role that man. Plays crazy better than anybody else I I've ever seen. I've got little, I've got goosebumps right now thinking about his portrayal of Goblin. Like I said, I loved Green Goblin from from the time we were kids. We grew up watching yeah the Spider Man yeah. cartoons and stuff. Um, Spider Man was always one of our favorite characters. I remember playing with the big twelve inch action figures that we had yeah. and whatnot. But when we were God, we were young, young. Uh, when the first Spider-Man movie came oh, out, what two thousand two, three, somewhere between two thousand two to two thousand four. I don't remember exactly, but I know, I know we were young, and um, I I loved him back then. I thought that was a great character, and I remember looking back now. I remember people said that it was a bad portrayal of him. Not, like, because of his acting, but, like, the suit. They didn't like the suit and stuff and blah, blah, blah. I kind of liked it. 
I, I like that there was a reasoning behind the way he looked. And let me fair, like a lot of times when they re redo like suits and costumes and stuff, it's because the time it came out in was a totally different time. Right. Like I get like for for X Men, why they didn't go with Wolverine's original I mean, to be fair, his original costume wasn't even the yellow and blue. That's just his iconic costume. His original one was like brown and black. Yeah. But I understand why they didn't go with either of those. They don't fit in today's world. Um, same with Goblin. The one in the Spider-Man cartoon, he looks like an elf more than he does the Goblin. He has a purple elf hat and, like, weird tights, and it just looks weird. Right. Like, we, we like it because we know it, but it, it, it genuinely, like, if you you imagine Home DeVoe's Goblin showing up with that stupid hat. Well, like I said, though, I found out recently yeah. that they had actually initially done a face makeup combined with an animatronic uh, head sculpt for him uh, to look more like that version of the Goblin. And I actually quite liked it. I was impressed with it, especially for that time. I mean, obviously, at that point, um, things of that nature had started getting a lot better. But looking back, I mean, for early 2000s, that was pretty good. It was yeah. pretty good makeup. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, it is what it is. I really like the helmet. And I agreed with the only problem I ever had with the helmet was not the way it looked. It was that... You know the person underneath it is somebody like Willem Dafoe, who has massive facial expressions, and he can't emote through it. And I think that that was probably a big reason why they got rid of the helmet in this movie. And I'm okay with it. But like I said, I sent you a video. Somebody uh, had um, photoshopped a picture of that prosthetic head sculpt or whatever animatronic thing over Willem Dafoe's face from this movie with the purple hood and everything, it looked amazing. It looked so cool. I'm not complaining either way, but Willem Dafoe, man, he it's, just got to... He, he literally, in this movie, went from, like, an actor, I'm like, yeah, he's he's a pretty good actor, to, like, he's got to be hands down one of my my favorite, top five. Yeah. Easy. You know, and they, if they can't... They have to find a way to keep him in the this universe somehow he's one of them guys what he's he's one of them guys that does the character so well that you don't want them to stop being that character well it's like it's like i think he could be a thanos-esque character where or loki even not necessarily where he turns good he could be an avengers level level threat yeah not i don't think he would be like the big bad like a thanos but he could definitely be an ultron or or something of that nature and I hope Ultron, to be honest with you, comes back as a bigger threat, too. Because they ended him way too fast. And especially after seeing the What If series and seeing that Ultron from that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Dude, that one is scary. Ultron and Vision's body with <clears throat> the Infinity Stones. Yeah, I no thanks. Absolutely terrifying. Um, but... I just can't. I mean, I mean, let's break down his portrayal of Goblin in this. Like I said yesterday, they really, really sold home the idea that he is a split personality. Yeah. There's Norman, and then there's the Goblin, yeah. and they do not coexist at no. the same time. And I think that Norman doesn't even know what happened, why he's where. I he think is. Norman knows that the Goblin exists because he does talk to him sometimes. But he's never really... When Goblin's in control, he's not in control. Unless no. the Goblin wants no. him to know what's going it's on. It's worse than Hulk and, and Banner in a lot of ways. Because at least Banner and Hulk are perceptive of what's happening. <coughs> and they're know. symbiotic in in a large manner. They, 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 they know how to work together enough if they have to. Right. And they, they also are both aware that they kind of need each other to exist. In some retrospect. Right. Where it's like like, um, like Carnage and uh, Cletus Cassidy, they were not symbiotic. Right. Carnage tried to control everything, and Venom and Eddie Brock are the opposite. They try to work together for the most part. Right. And Goblin was more like Carnage. Right. Speaking of, 
what was your take on the Venom cameo? It was less than I had hoped for, but I was not disappointed. I think the reason I say it's less than I was hoped for because one, I was hoping that he would be the sixth member yeah. of the Sinister Six if they went that route. Um, so I was disappointed because that didn't happen, but at the same time, I'm all right with what happened. But I was hoping that the way that they were leading up that it would be Tom Hardy's Venom versus Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, I think what's going to end up happening is that um, sorry, lost my train of thought there. Um, that Venom, Tom Hardy's Venom is going to go to a different universe and I'm thinking it's going to be Andrew Garfield's universe. And they'll probably interact at some point in time. Well, what if he already exists in one of the other Spider-Man's universes? He probably well, doesn't exist in Toby's. Well, we already did, technically. Well, yeah, but I'm saying this Eddie Brock. Now, this Eddie Brock... Yeah, but see, this Eddie Brock doesn't... Uh, they don't they don't show for sure if he is in the same universe as as Andrew Garfield. No, I just have a feeling that that it would make sense. I just think it would make sense if they're not I mean And then, then he leaves the little piece of the symbiote. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. But at least we got the little piece of the symbiote left behind. Which probably means that the next Spider Man movie or something that it's gonna end up on Tom Spider Man and we're gonna get uh, you know, a bully Holland instead right, of a bully yeah, McGuire. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get a black-suited Spider-Man again, probably. And I hope they do something a little bit different. Um, I think it would be cool if they did, like, the big white the big giant spider, spider yeah. with the black suit. I think that would look pretty cool. It's just a shame because they had such a perfect casting for Eddie Brock and Venom that to even think of somebody else because inevitably somebody else has to get it if it's not going to be him right so who's the eddie brock in this universe who's going to play him is it going to be tom hardy still just a different version or is it going to be somebody else because if it's somebody else it's going to be a disappointment almost guaranteed you know what i'm talking about and and i just love Tom Hardy's portrayal of it, so I, w- I didn't want well, him to get replaced in any way. It could be that maybe he doesn't. I mean, there's no- nothing that says that he won't pop back into that universe. Because uh-huh. he, obviously he's jumping universes. There's some sort of a glitch. Whatever happened, you know, with the upheaval of the, the multiverse, whether it was from um, the Spider-Man movie being the things that happened with... Doctor Strange and him, or any of the other stuff that's cracking the multiverse. You know what I mean? From the other 16 different events that are all affecting right. the multiverse. We, we really don't know um, what what caused that to happen in its entirety. It could be all of it. I really don't know. But um, we really don't know how that's going to play out. But, you know, I'm just enjoying the ride at the moment. But... I don't know. It's, I'm still still wrapping my brain around uh, the Green Goblin thing. Because, I mean, how about the fight scenes between oh my God. between him and Goblin? Turn into a UFC-style fight. He's just power-bombing him and spearing him through floors. and. I mean, I've, I think the last time I felt that on edge watching a fight scene in a movie was probably when I first watched... Uh, I think it was Fast Five. I think whatever won the first appearance of The Rock's character in the Fast and Furious universe was. And he gets in a fight with Dom. Yeah. And that was like a brutal fight. Like I think that was the last time I felt like that on edge watching a fight in a movie. But, I mean, just... I love that Tom insisted that they incorporated a move from, from the, the game. video game into the movie. So for anybody who didn't catch that, there's a move that Tom does where he essentially... Well, does... first he pulls 
He pulls himself up when Goblin's on top, pulls him in the air, and then flips himself down, shoots to the ground, and yanks himself through the floor with Goblin right. underneath him. It's kind of hard to explain, but, yeah. Anyway, if you look it up, I'm sure you can find a video of somebody pointing it out. Um, that was pretty cool. But how about them freaking elbows, man? He, he oh my God. was dropping on his head, and then he was punching him. And he was just sitting there taking it, and he was smiling. I'm like, you're taking full full strength shots from Spider-Man no, obviously to the it's face. not the same, but it was very reminiscent of me for Joker in the Dark Knight. One Batman Batman's just punching him. pummeling him, and he's just laughing. It's the same. I get the same feeling. I mean, like, and like I said, what it really clicked, because it never clicked before. I always knew Goblin was a stronger character physically, that he was tough. But it really never clicked that he was that tough until you see... Just how much of a pounding he's taking from Spider-Man and just... Just laughing it off yeah, like it's like no it's big nothing. deal. But then he, I mean, how about though him him just slamming Spider-Man through floor after floor? Yeah. I mean, he beat the tar out of him. And I, to I be literally... fair, Tom got his butt kicked a lot in this movie. A lot in this movie. But the thing I like is that it was not like, okay, like Toby's Spider-Man, he made a couple of mistakes, like right right in the very beginning of becoming Spider-Man, like when he was learning how to swing and stuff, and a couple of minor things. But after that, once he like adjusted to his powers, which happened really quickly, he was like perfect full-blown Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And I like that we've gotten with Tom where he's been Spider-Man for... Quite a number of years now, and he still is not like one hundred percent on his A game. Well, and he still he still has moments of like doubt in himself. He still has moments of like you said, kind of like learning stuff about. He never had with Toby's Spider Man. He had the immediate "I want this guy dead," right? Like that was immediately, right? And he learned that lesson immediately. Really, the only person he tried to kill was Thanos. That was the first person he really tried. But then that's that was like a genocidal, massive. Right, you're talking you somebody know. who's trying to kill the entire universe. Right, half, well, or half, half, half of it. But but yeah, as opposed to a Goblin, that was the first time he actually tried to kill somebody, a human. Right, you know, and Toby got to step in and get his redemption. That was another part I loved about this movie. Felt like everybody. All three Spider-Men had a redemption in this movie. Right. You had Toby got to stop Tom from killing um, Goblin. Right. And then you got Andrew Garfield got to save MJ because he couldn't save Gwen. The same manner, they were both falling. And I knew when I seen the clip that I knew it was going to be Andrew that saved her. I just knew. Right. But I didn't realize it would be the, the resolution for all of them. And then... With Tom, you had the he got the arc of finally getting to fix everything, and he got to make everything better. And he, you know, despite losing Aunt May, he got to be the one who fixed the problem. Right, and he ended up being satisfied with yeah with himself the outcome. I tell you what, though, I was not prepared for Aunt May's death no. at all. Not at all. I no. didn't see it coming. I never thought that they were going to kill her, especially that early. No, I mean I knew that like. In the comics and stuff and a few different iterations of different things, you know, like the games and stuff, Aunt May dies. But we always see Aunt May much older. Yeah. And so I wasn't ready for it. And so it really threw me off. But I liked what they did. So we never got to see Uncle Ben. We don't even know if Uncle Ben existed. Yeah, not in this universe. In this universe. We have no idea. Because even when, even when Andrew mentions Uncle Ben... Tom doesn't really say anything. Yeah. So, she was Uncle Ben. Right. Essentially. Yeah. So, there was just nobody else. So, that was his his major major loss for a family member. Um, and so far, he's the only one that hasn't lost a girlfriend. Yeah. So. Well, but he did. Just not that way. He, he lost... Well, MJ yeah. to the the white. 
memory wipe. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. So Toby didn't have anybody die, but came pretty close a couple times. Okay, Ben died. Well, yeah, no, I meant girlfriend wise. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was a. <laughs> I love the. He said it's complicated because that was what he said. Yeah, yeah. In the old movies, but um. And now we get to the fight at the end with the goblin. And I love how they waited for, like, right to the last moment. First. Yeah. So they left, like, they, they built that anticipation, like, where is he, what's going on? Because they knew that was the moment we were all hanging on to. And I tell you what, I wish it was a little longer, but it did not disappoint. That's what she said. <laughs> um, so, I left myself open on that one. You know, bad. So, question, though. So, this is a side one. It's not a big, important question, but... I just don't know if I missed it in some other media or what, why, what's with the Statue of Liberty getting the shield? Is there like a real reason to that? I don't or know. Just if they because just Cap was like the representation of America or is it, is there like an actual point? Cause it just seems like it came out of nowhere. I know. Early, well, I don't know because I'm trying to think. Early oh. in the movie, they discuss it over a radio. I don't know if you've heard that. There's a spot where they're I talking didn't. about it in the background about Cap's shield and the Statue of Liberty. But other than that, I don't know of any. The only thing instance. I could think is perhaps with the rebirth of Captain America, with what happened in Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, yeah. or yeah, Winter Soldier, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I really, but no, I don't remember specifically anything being mentioned other than like you said, maybe the radio thing, but. It could have just been. There's, that's the problem watching these movies, especially when you're going just off of, uh, of a, you know, movie theater review because you can't sit there, pause it, reanalyze stuff, uh, watch it over and over again unless you keep going back and paying for it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's hard. You're trying to gather as many details as you can. I mean, I've watched it twice. And I haven't noticed any other real reasoning behind it, that specifically. Right. But, like I said, there's things that you may not have paid attention to or overlooked and other things that you've only watched once or something. And uh, So, really don't know as far as that goes. And like I said, we haven't watched uh, the Hawkeye series yet, so there could be something in there. I don't know. So, don't hate on us. <coughs> We've just been busy with other things. Yeah, you know, Christmas and... All that good jazz too. <coughs> we we debated on waiting to watch Spider Man until after we did that, but it kind I, of I didn't want to deal yeah. with spoilers. I didn't want to wait either. I just was like, no, nope, <coughs> I just want to watch it's it. Like Endgame, like I found it bootlegged on the internet as soon as it came out. I was like, I couldn't afford to watch it in theaters, but I'm like, I'm not waiting to watch Endgame. Like I have to see Endgame. But um, yeah, I mean, honestly, in a lot of ways, I feel like this might be better than Endgame. I think that I think it's hard to judge Endgame fairly because of, like I said, the scope of how big of a movie it was. You know what I mean? It's it's far above and beyond, like the scope of what was going on in Spider Man. Mm. I mean, because this is this is a whole universal thing, you know, like where it's a whole universe problem. And yeah, but I mean, reality. This one was a multiversal problem. Yeah, in a way. But I felt like it was more... Besides them struggling to fix that like problem, the the scope of what happened in the movie was much more minuscule. It was a few characters. Yeah. Whereas you've got armies from space, and you've got all of the heroes of Earth and different places that all converge... To fight Thanos. To fight Thanos. So, I mean... That movie, and it was such an anticipated and built up to movie that I feel like it was just, it's a movie that is its own little category. Yeah. I think to compare anything to it is really difficult to do fairly. Uh, I agree that Spider-Man was probably, arguably, one of the best movies, if not the best movie that's come out so far otherwise. Yeah. I still... I still like the Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier movie, the best as far as as far as hand to hand combat. Yeah, the fighting really in that movie was movie. just phenomenal. Yeah, second to that would be this, and it's only because it was just a brawl. 
And I, I really appreciated that it was just a brawl. It wasn't technical fighting. It no. was just... Especially when he was fighting Goblin at the end. He just was trying to pummel him. Yeah, he it did was... not care about... It was just, I'm here to hand you an ass whooping. Yeah. Whereas, in that one, like, it was it was really cool to see some of the te- like techniques of their fight. Because they were more skilled fighters. I mean, realistically, Green Goblin is not a fighter. Or, well... well he is, I guess you could say, but Norman's not. He wasn't trained in any sort of right. martial arts. Right, they're not. Or, they're not they, you know, it's, and neither is Tom. Whereas Cap and Bucky, Bucky were trained fighters. Hand-to-hand experts. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's a big difference, I suppose, in what you see. But, I mean, I thought it, there was a couple of times where I was surprised he didn't kill him. Like like he when he did that, uh, that flip into that punch. Yeah. And I was like, man, if you connected, that probably would have crossed his head. There was a couple moments, but but when he had him on his knees there, and he's just punch going after to town, punch going to town. Maker. Yeah, I was like, holy crap! And he was still just sitting there. I mean, yeah, and it, the fact that even after Goblin was gone, when they cured him, he didn't even have—I I don't remember even having phased. or or blood or anything. Like, I didn't even think he was. Bruised yeah. or caught or blo- nothing. Tom, he was bleeding the whole movie, pretty much. Yeah. He's got cuts and scrapes and bruises throughout the entire movie. Um, Goblin got his whole butt kicked and it didn't even really phase him. And then there was the mini heart attack of Toby's Peter getting stabbed. <clears throat> yep. I mean, I had a feeling that something was going to happen to one of them, but I was really, really hoping that one of them wasn't going to die. And then I thought he was going to die because of that. And then he didn't, and I was like... And I love when Andrew's like, you're in a lot of pain. And he goes, oh, it's the worst, something like whatever he yeah. says. He's like, yep, that's bad. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal movie, and I mean... And then getting to see at the, at the very end, after everything's said and done, and nobody remembers Peter is even a thing, you see him make his suit, you see him old school running on roofs, and it just... I love that they actually, too... I don't know if anybody else really paid attention to this, but it's snowing. Yeah. Which we all know it does in New York, obviously, and for anybody who doesn't know, we're from New York. Not city, but from New York State. And um, you see him land on the roof and slide through the snow. Yeah. And it's the first time we've ever seen Spider-Man interact with snow before. So I not that it was really important to the story, but I just thought it was cool. Um, but so we finally... Got the most comic book accurate suit. And if you really look at it, it's actually a combination of Tom's, Pete, uh, uh, Andrew's, and Toby's suits all combined into one suit. He took elements from each suit and, and made his own version. Which is probably his way of like showing homage to the other two. Or guys. Ju- yeah, ju- or just they gave him ideas mm-hmm. on design and. But we finally get the Peter that I think everybody was expecting we should have got when he was 14. I mean, he was 14 or 15, whatever. He's a little kid in middle school or maybe in high school, whatever, early years of high school. And he doesn't have anything. I mean, everything he did do for himself, he made out of random things, which props to him. But, I, I mean, that's the equivalent of... Tony building his first suit in the cave, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Tony but just even, happened to be the guy that, that that was there that gave him all these tools. Well, even so, though, that when Tony builds the suit in the cave, they're providing him with stuff. Right. I mean, not, like, high quality, but they gave but him that's what I mean. he needs. At least that, where, where uh, Tom's Peter kind of just whatever he had or could find, that was it. Whereas they right, were garbage... Yeah, he called. I think, if I remember correctly, in Civil War, he said that he was a dumpster diver. Yeah, but um, that just shows his ingenuity. But um, yeah, I mean, we finally get to see where he's on his own. He's actually truly on his own. He has nobody. Oh, he has nobody. Nothing. And so he's got himself an apartment. There's no. He's not going to college. He's just doing Spider Man or whatever else. Right, and so now he's got a sewing machine, he makes himself a suit, and it was a beautiful suit. And now question two, 
does he now start working at the Bugle? Because that's always, as far as I know, that's always been Peter Parker's job was the Bugle. Right. So now what? Is he going to end up kind of working for them now? Or is it kind of just, that's just too late? Well, I don't know. I mean, or, or, uh, you know, it could be something that happens further down the road. We know that they've confirmed three more movies for him, at least. Yep. Uh, three more Spider-Man movies. Yeah, three more standalone. Plus appearances and other things. And I don't know if it's 100%, but I'm I'm fairly sure that they're definitely probably going to be doing another um, Amazing Spider-Man movie with Andrew Garfield. I hope so. Well, like I said, I saw somebody shared a thing. If the tweet was real, it was one of Andrew's stuntmen congratulating him on getting rehired to be in the the next amazing yeah, spider-man even if he gets the if he gets to just finish out his legacy in another movie it'd be great but but there's so many directions there's i mean there's rumors that uh toby's uh spider-man might get another movie or he might at least make an appearance in a couple things uh there's rumors of secret wars being something that he might appear in. Um, there's rumors that he might appear in Multiverse Madness. So we really... I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Uh, there's so many directions Marvel could take everything that they do. All, all I know is that I remember back a couple years ago, Kevin Feige said that they had their stuff planned out to like 2028 at least, back then. Mm-hmm. And they had directions on where they wanted to go. And I think really the only hip hiccup that they've had along the way has been Spider-Man because of arguing deals with Sony. Well, you could argue that Fox has been a little bit of an annoyance. But yeah, but the, it wasn't really hindering them for characters that they currently had or were using. Whereas Sony was trying to drive a wedge yeah. whilst they were in the middle of using Spider-Man. And that could have derailed the whole, whole Spider-Man train. No pun intended because he definitely was on a train. Yeah, he meets the trains a lot. Um... But it, it it's something that we really have to see how they they let all of this stuff pan out. I mean, Multiverse of Madness, I have a feeling, is going to blow our minds more than we're even expecting. I'm sure. And um, really, we don't know. Sky's the limit from there. I mean, somehow Marvel seems to keep topping our expectations every time. They're either meeting them or exceeding them. I have not been really let down, I don't think, that I can think of off the top of my head with any of their movies thus far in the MCU, and that's more than 10 years worth of movies. So... And then there's DC, who can't keep a straight train moving. Yeah, that's... kind of just do whatever... That's an argument for a different day. And listen, if you're a DC fan, we're not hating on... Batman is my favorite superhero. I have a tattoo of Joker on my chest. I love Batman. I love... Wonder Woman, I love Flash. It's yeah. just DCEU well, we're not, is we're kind not, of a joke. We're not hating on the comics or the characters. We're hating on the production company. And the movies. And the movies because they cannot pull off a logical... Anything. ...set of movies or anything and they keep ruining their stuff and they're just upsetting the fans. So anyway, that being said, I mean... Like I said, it was it was a great movie. Definitely the best of the year. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch this movie. And why are you here if you haven't seen it? We just told you a bunch of stuff that happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll give it, definitely for now, I'll give it the 10 out of 10. And if we have to readjust that, that sentiment at some point, then we will. But, you know, we won't know until we get there. And, I mean, like I said, I hope... That you know they just keep it, keep it coming, and uh, that things just keep getting more and more impressive. Because I'm like I said, I'm not, I haven't been disappointed yet. So no. no, it's perfect. All right, guys, I think we're gonna call it quits here. Uh, that's been just about an hour. So, um, you know, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Uh, we got some interesting stuff uh, planned and some ideas for what we can do and talk about in the future. And if you guys have any suggestions. Feel free to leave a comment or anything like that, and uh, we'll see what we can do. All right, we'll see you then. Peace. See ya.